This is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. The opinions expressed on the show are not necessarily those of the regents of the University of California, nor the management of the KUCI. This is Dan Zhang, coming up, Subversity with Dan Zhang. Uh, today we're going to be talking sex, talking sex in Hong Kong and in the U.S. But first we're going to reverse the order and uh, talk about sex in the U.S., and that's the uh, program we're going to be uh, airing, a uh, um, program from Making Contact, which is a project of the National Radio Project. Uh, and we'll be airing their program called Still Talking About Sex, which is a dispatch on Jocelyn Elders, the former U.S. Surgeon General who was fired for talking about sex, about masturbation in particular. Um, and uh, yet she's still talking, still talking about sex, is the title of the, uh, of the uh, program that we're going to hear. And then we'll be talking about the Edison Chen saga in Hong Kong. So let's go to this talking about sex program. This is Dan Zhang with Subversity here, special edition on talking sex in the U.S. and in Hong Kong. This week on Making Contact. If you can't control your reproduction, you can't control your life. But I can assure you that the bowels of abstinence break far more easily than does latex condoms. In 1993, Jocelyn Elders became the first African-American appointed Surgeon General of the United States. Criticized and attacked for her public statements promoting comprehensive sex education, the distribution of condoms in public schools, and the possibility of the legalization of drugs, Elders was forced to resign about a year later. On this edition, we'll hear from the former Surgeon General, who to this day remains a fierce advocate for health-related policies. I'm Tina Rubio, and this is Making Contact, a program connecting people, vital ideas, and important information. The statement Jocelyn Elders is often remembered for is when she said that masturbation is a part of human sexuality, and so perhaps it should be taught to children. 
But with more than five decades of experience practicing and teaching medicine, Elders is an authority on many health-related topics. Last year, she spoke in Chicago at a conference put on by Sister Song. The title of the conference was "Let's Talk About Sex." Let me just tell you, it's it's a real pleasure and it's real rejuvenating for me to be able to be here with a room of beautiful, motivated, educated, move-in, trailblazing women. You don't know how good that makes me feel. I, in fact, that just that just makes me. Feel good all over. All of a sudden, I don't, my knees don't hurt as bad, and I'm not near as tired as I was when I started this morning. And as my children think I'm the oldest person in the world, I tell them I'm not aging. I'm saging. <laughs> the only thing you have to do to age is don't die. So, and I'm gonna keep on saging as long as I can. So I, I'm just saying I want to thank you. You've been out there, many of you, in various areas doing various things, making a difference in your community, in your organization. I feel if you hadn't been doing that, you wouldn't be here. So, and if you haven't done it and you're here, just make sure you do your job when you leave. I think we realize that to have a conference. Of women of color on reproductive health, and to be able to title that conference "Let's Talk About Sex," says something about what's going on in the African American community. You've got a conference that we are going to be addressing things that you know is culturally sensitive to what's happening in your community. You know, you hear a lot of stuff, and you know that don't apply to me. A lot of stuff that、uh, may not be exactly what you thought you were going to hear. People talking about things that they've never been to your community and they don't even know what's going on. You know, we can't teach what we don't know, and we can't lead where we won't go. So you just heard Senator Taylor talk about. What's going on? They don't have to explain to her what's going on. She knows what's going on in her community. She knows that we've got a lot of problems related to our sexuality going on in our community, and so she can talk about it. I know I was up talking and preaching and talking about what we needed to have comprehensive health education in our schools. From kindergarten through twelfth grade, and I was told by those people that represent you, say, Dr. Elders, our children don't need that. Well, I knew I was losing an awful lot of my bright young sisters to poverty, ignorance, and enslavement because they weren't being able to get be taught. On, about how to protect their bodies and what to do, you know. Instead, you know, they, everybody talks about those girls out there getting pregnant, and then you know, it just you know, it, every time I think about this,、uh, Senator Taylor, I get mad all over. Yeah, well, 
you know, the fact that we wouldn't pay for birth control pills for years. And we're out there, first thing, paying for Viagra. I wonder who in the world did we think we need Viagra for? We're sexual beings. From the time we're born until we die. And we need to make sure that we understand our sexuality and realize that sex is about more than procreation. You know, our men walk around and they all, from the time they're born and go into puberty until they die, they're out trying to procreate. And we as women spend half our life trying not to get pregnant. So we need to know how to protect ourselves. But more importantly, we always remember the three P's of sexuality. First of all, one P is procreation. That's just a tiny little bit. The second is we need to protect ourselves and our partners from disease or unplanned pregnancies or whatever. But third is that big P. That pleasure piece. Sex is about pleasure. 99.9% of sex is for pleasure. And I was on a plane with a whole lot of men, and we were talking about that. I was going to talk to some college students. We were talking about sex, and I was telling them about that, and I told them about the three Ps, and I said 99.9% is about pleasure. He said, Dr. Ellis, you didn't put enough nines on that. <laughs> so, so, but, you know, we are suppo- it's supposed to be pleasure for us, too. And if we, are, if we are worrying about getting pregnant, worrying about getting disease, well, we are, you're right, we're so stressed out until we can't even have much pleasure. So let's make sure that we understand how we can protect us and don't let the men have all the pleasure. We've got to have some. In the first part of this century, we're going to have 21 million women to face the terrible threes. I've even passed the terrible threes. But that, the, the terrible threes are midlife, menopause, and divorce. And you know an awful lot. We, don't, we know very little about menopause. Just think, if men went into menopause, we'd know everything there was to know. So... We, but, you know, but they don't even know whether we should take hormones yet or not. So we've got to be involved and we've got to decide about our sexual health. Not, we know about our sex. We know we're males or females or we know about our gender sex, our biological sex. But we know, we want to know about in our sexuality is, you know, kind of who we are and how we feel and what's going on and all that kind of good stuff. But we want to be sexually healthy. That's what we've got to worry and start thinking about. And what do we have to do and what do we have to know to be sexually healthy? And we've got a huge unfinished agenda out there. And you've got to help make a difference. You've got to be the transformational leaders that's going to make a difference 
for the 21st century. We've been silent too long. And it's time that we all began to stand up. And how we, one of the big problems, it starts with education. It's education, education, education. You can't keep ignorant people healthy. And the, you know the most common cause of poverty in the world? As you know, I heard this morning they were talking about children. I, don't, I want everybody to have as many children as they, as they want. If they want 20, have 20. But I don't want, I want every child that's born in the world to be planned and wanted. And I don't, you know, if you have planned, wanted children, we wouldn't have all this sexual abuse that's going on. We wouldn't have all the rape that's going on. We wouldn't have kids, you know, uh, Senator Taylor was talking about people dropping out of school. See, you know, they, you know they'll give you percents and say 14% of us, only 14% of us drop out of school. Well, that's a lie. That's if you start with high school. An awful lot of them drop out before they even get to high school. So when you get down to it, 49, if you go back to the birth records, it's 49% of our young men. And this is a problem. We've got more bright young men sitting in prison than we've got in college. And who in the world are these beautiful young women out there going to marry to get to father their children? We, 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 you know, we, sometimes we have to, in order to find a decent man, we have to, you know, so you have to go to, the, you can't go to college, you have to go to the prisons. If you don't, they aren't in prison, you have to go to the graveyard because so many of them have been killed and gone. So we've got to think of all of those things. And, and we've got problems, you know, we talk about sexual health, we've got problems related to health in general. We're the richest country in the world. 5% of the population, 25% of the wealth of the world. And we said that we can't afford to provide universal access to health care. And who do you think this affects the most? Bright, young, beautiful women like you and your children. These are the people that are most affected by not having universal access to health care. We've got problems related to sexuality. You know, I'm so thrilled that our teenage pregnancy has gone down. I've even had people tell me, oh, well, Dr. Elders, you know, those girls just want to have babies so they can get a welfare check. I, you may have never heard it, but I did. I know you hear it. Well, the reason, you, have you ever known anybody to get rich on a welfare check? $600 a month. You, you know, I'm saying it's just absolutely ridiculous. What, what we need to be doing is looking at how can we provide the things we need to prevent this problem. It's an awful lot easier to prevent a pregnancy than to take, you know, to spend trying to take care of the baby. And people always talk, sit around and talk about, I say our legislators don't know but one A word, you know, we have abstinence only and abortion 
if that, that, if those are the only A words they know. And I will, and I tell them all the time, listen, you don't have to worry about abortions if you prevent an unplanned pregnancy. There has never be a need for an abortion, as I never knew a woman who needed an abortion that was not already pregnant. So let's get, wake up and get real. So we are, we've got to prevent pregnancy, and we start out with education and teaching our young people how to take care of themselves. You know, when I was talking about the A, B, C, D of AIDS prevention, I, you know, I said abstinence, be faithful, you know, uh, C, use a latex condom. They said, oh, Dr. Elders, you know those condoms will break. I said, you're right, condoms will break. But I can assure you that the vows of abstinence break far more easily than the latex condom. So we've got to be real about what's going on out there. And, and get and do what we need to do. And of course, you know, I got fired over this de-do other things. But... <clears throat> We, but, you know, they, even the administration now talked about the ABC of AIDS prevention in Africa, you know, and all the, these wonderful things, of course, that, you know, the, the, the whole government got involved and they provided condoms, they were on billboards, they were everywhere. And they, you know, but they said, oh, it was just abstinence only. Well, but, but you know, we're, as I said, we're, we're, we're sexual beings, and uh, we have a hormonal imperative. And we can't get over it. God made us like that. And, but, you know, what I, the D was to do other things. And then someone asked me about masturbation. And I said, I, well, you know, I said, we don't teach our children even regular health, you know, health, comprehensive health education. And I think that... Uh, that masturbation is a normal part of human sexuality. The one thing you have to know is I heard someone talking in the room today says it never got anybody pregnant. Won't make hair grow on your hands. You won't go blind. And you know you're having sex with somebody you love. You're listening to former Surgeon General Jocelyn Elders speaking at the Sister Song Conference in Chicago last year. You're listening to Making Contact, a production of the National Radio Project. If you'd like more information or for CD copies of this program, please call 800-529-5736. You can also download programs or get our podcast at radioproject.org. In the early 1990s, former U.S. Surgeon General Jocelyn Elders was an outspoken advocate for universal health care for all Americans. Elders is now 74 years old, and she remains an advocate for racial and economic justice within the nation's health and social service systems. Here is more of Elders speaking at the Sister Song Conference in Chicago last year. We know, and, and this is very sad for me, at least, you know, I always tell people with teenagers who become parents before they become adults, and that's 13% of the children that are born in America. 33% of the children born in America were to unmarried women. 60% of the black children born in America 
or to unmarried women, but even that doesn't bother me nearly so much, is the fact of what's happening with HIV and AIDS with black women. Well, in the black community. In fact, someone told me they just did a study and 46% of the men that are gay in our nation's capital, 46% are HIV positive. That's higher than sub-Saharan Africa. And we have not hollered about that. And I, again, you know, we worry and we're concerned. You know, our, I said, you know, our vice president didn't know that black women made up 68% of the women with HIV. You know, not, not all the HIV, just the, the women with HIV. We're far more likely to get HIV disease than other women and 20 times more likely. The reason why... Our men have it. You know, it isn't that we're going out doing things. If you have a very high prevalence in your community and you have, you know, when you look at our men that are on the down low, our men that are going in into prisons and coming out, and all of these things are contributing to what's happening. And then if we have young women who are becoming pregnant early, not getting an education and finishing their education. They don't have the whatever it takes to de- make demands. See, you, I, I always tell people, you know, you, you can, you, if you really think about it, you know, you can have a man do whatever you want him to. Just, just get smart enough. You'll be, we have to take control of our reproduction. We heard that this morning to over and over. And if you can't control your reproduction, you can't control your life. So we've got to get involved with taking control. And, you know, I'm not saying, you know, I'm saying if you meet someone and if you love them to death and you marry him, if he respects you, he will also use a condom until you both find out that you're both, it's all right. And I'm not, and I'm not so, uh, because we, we have too much HIV in our community to take risk when it's somebody you don't know. So we've got to make sure that our young women out there understand that. I know I'm preaching to the choir right now. I know everybody knows all of these things. But, you know, not only our very young women, but we old women too. We get it. 15% of the HIV as in women over 55. So we've got to make, well, you know, they, did, they weren't born in the age of condoms and all that. And they had a single partner forever and they didn't have to worry about it. And now we're seeing HIV increase. And we know that we as women are three to four times more likely to get HIV from having sex with someone that has HIV than it is the other way around. So we are much more susceptible. There's a lot more exposure. So, so we have to be very careful. So, and now, you know, we have a, I, I heard someone talking about the vaccine 
that we have uh, for cervical cancer. For as I'm concerned, this is the first time we've really had a vaccine to prevent cancer, and we're walking around. The reason why it's not available for our girls is because they can't pay for it. And all of us, and you know, until it, it becomes that it's required, kind of a requirement for everybody, where the government's not going to pay for it. And so, consequently, it'll be we black women dying with cervical cancer because we didn't get our children immunized. And the, I was told, this was a black group too. They told me, say, Dr. Elders, that means our children will be going out having sex. I said, my, I said, I said you know what? I said, you drove down here, and I, the woman I was talking to, and I knew who I was talking to, I said, you drove down here in a Cadillac. I said, you've got insurance on that Cadillac, and you don't want to insure your daughter. I'm just saying, we, don't, we insure our house, we insure our car, and we don't want to insure cure our children and to protect them. And I think we need to make sure that we protect our children. They're the most valuable resource we'll ever have. And if we don't protect them, who will? You know, I don't think anybody in here believes in abortion, but I feel that if I had a daughter and if she needed one, I'd like for her to be able to get one and I'd like for her to be safe. So, you know, it, it's a matter of whether, you know, you th- you know, they're saying now, you know, even if, you know, if it's rape, unless it's endangering the mother's life. I'm just saying if it was my 12-year-old daughter and theirs too, you see, they walk around with a gold credit card and they buy what they want and then we're, we're turned down because we don't have the money. So I'm just saying we have to be, make sure that we try and prevent the problems in our children. And I thought the, the, I saw a wonderful graph that I'm sure you're going to see, people mapping out our states using geography to look at, looking at how different states handle our rights, and they're different for every state, and feeling that we have the right to have children, right not to have children, and right to raise them. And let's make sure we raise them. You know, we have too many children that are being raised by the streets, and we've got to get out there and get involved. We've got too many churches. I was was saying, well, you know, we were saying, well, you know, when they were telling me not to have health education, there's old Dr. Elder, let the parents teach them. That's right. We love for the parents to teach them. But many of them don't know how. They're doing the best they can. They don't want to say anything, do anything, hurt their children. So what they do, they don't do anything. They said, well, let the church do it. 52% 52% of children are unchurched. They don't go to anybody's church. And of course, the fact that we don't teach, we allow the absence of sexuality education in schools to not, from kindergarten through 12th grade, to not be done makes no sense. And if we sit and let it happen, we've condemned our children to another generation of the same thing and maybe worse because we've got some things out there that they didn't have when we were coming along 
And so we've got to try and make sure we began to educate our young people to begin to make a difference. And we've got to fight for laws right now. They've almost destroyed the right to an abortion. And just think of how long our mothers fought to get us that right. And we've been sitting down and about to allow other folk to take it away. They'll always have that right. It's just poor people who didn't have the right. So that's, we've got to get up and get involved. And we've got to involve everybody to do it. We involve the churches. We let our churches stand around, moralize from the pulpit, and preach to the choir. And we women support it all. We, who do you think pay for 90% of us the money in church? So we've got to get involved in making sure that our ministers get involved. And I think there are a lot of them out there getting involved. But I remember when ministers wouldn't even shake my hand. And I, you know, but now, you know, there, there are a lot of ministers that are really stepping up to the plate. And do you know why they wouldn't shake my hand? Because the mother is sitting on the front row didn't want them to. Might, con- you know, might contaminate them. You know, well, you know, they let these, she's talking about these girls having babies. If they go out and do that, well, then that's God's just punishment. Uh, if they get AIDS, that's God's just punishment. Oh, maybe none of you have ever heard that. But I want you to know, I, we've come a long way, but I want, we've still got a long way to go. So we've got to educate. We've got to open, educate, involve all of our communities, involve our schools, and our jobs, our businesses, our radios, our newspapers. We've got to make sure that we have access to health care. We've got to have more people in medicine that look like me. And, and of course, last but not least, you've got to have control. Leave you with an old Ebo saying, a wonderful, beautiful young lady from Ghana who took me around Rose today. It, it says, not to know is bad. You know, sometimes we don't know. We, you know, we say, well, we didn't know. Not to want to know is worse. Not to hope is unthinkable. But there are a few of us who walk around and say, I don't care. But not to care is absolutely unforgivable. Thank you. You've just heard former U.S. Surgeon General Jocelyn Elders speaking at the Sister Song Conference in Chicago last year. Come on. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that make me. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sex. That's it for this edition of Making Contact. Thank you to Dan Turner, Ron Rucker, and the Monday Morning Breakfast crew, and to freelance producer Sarah Olson for recording this speech. Our theme music is by the Charlie Hunter Trio. Let's Talk About Sex by Salt and Peppa. For a CD copy of program number 0708, call the National Radio Project at 800-529-5736, or you can get our podcast at radioproject.org. Lisa Rudman is our executive director, Andrew Stelzer producer, Puck Lowe associate producer, Elena Bakken-Levy and Samson Rainey interns, and I'm Tina Rubio. Thanks for listening to Making Contact. 
This is uh, Dan Zhang with Subversity here on KUCI. You've been listening to a dispatch from Making Contact, uh, the national radio project, uh, still talking about sex, uh, where they uh, featured Jocelyn Elders, the former U.S. Surgeon General, who was uh, fired for talking about masturbation, saying it was good for children. Um, we're going to continue our uh, focus on sex talk and do a Foucauldian kind of thing, uh, trying to unleash repressive desires, uh, repressed desires, and uh, and we're going to be talking about sex in Hong Kong. Uh, the host was just back from a short trip to Hong Kong, and the tabloids there were full of the latest sex scandal in Hong Kong, which was uh, Edison Chen's saga. Uh, the poor guy... Um, he had taken a lot of pictures of uh, his bedmates and doing intimate things with him. And um, one day, his Mac, his pink Mac, uh, his MacBook did not work. And so he took it in to this Elite, elite uh, computer store in Central District of Hong Kong to get it fixed, and that was back in 2006, November. Uh, the press suggests that maybe there was some shenanigans in the meantime from folks who had downloaded it and trying to get money for the pictures. Well, that didn't work. So in January, late January 27th, pictures started appearing from his laptop, and so that was the start of this whole saga of explicit photos were posted on the web and uh, delivered all over the web and uh, thus this uh, saga took off onto a totally new uh, level. The opinions expressed on the show are not necessarily those of the regents of the University of California nor the management of KUCI. So this is what Edison Chen, who's a hip-hop artist and an actor in many, many films, a Canadian, a born in Vancouver, a Canadian Chinese, who became a pop star in Hong Kong. And we'll delve into his background uh, shortly. But here's what he had to say when, early on in the affair, when he appeared on YouTube... I've decided to break my silence today and make this statement to the media and to all people involved in this strange ordeal. Recent documents being posted online have been intentionally hurtful and malicious not only to the victims, but to our whole community. I have already handed matters over to the police and have been assisting them with this case from the first day onwards. Due to ongoing investigations, I am unable to comment any further upon this case. The lives of many innocent people have been affected by this malicious and criminal conduct, and in this regard, I am filled with pain, hurt, and frustration. I hereby use this opportunity to apologize to anyone who has been affected by this strange, strange ordeal. I now call upon everyone to help and assist the victims of this case. If you have ever downloaded any of these images, 
please do not forward them to anyone. Please do not send them to anyone. If you are still in possession of these images, I urge you to please destroy them immediately. Let's help the wounded heal their wounds. I urge you to help the victims and not make anything worse. That was uh, his uh, appeal early on in the controversy in the beginning of the month of uh, February, uh, trying to get people not to download pictures. And of course, that didn't work because people did download it. And at that stage, uh, the police were even in Hong Kong were even insinuating that just being just downloading the pictures and uh, keeping, uh, say, a couple hundred of them on your computer would show intent to distribute obscene materials. And so they were going after or threatening to go after normal netizens, folks that had that used computers and surf the net. And of course, millions of people did see those pictures. And um, later on, the police had to backtrack. The police did backtrack and argue that, and uh, realize that they would not arrest everybody that downloaded the pictures. And instead, they would uh, just arrest people that posted uh, the pictures. Um, and then uh, a few weeks after that, uh, the police had to withdraw a charge, uh, the, the government had to withdraw a charge against one of the early people that was arrested. About 10 people had been arrested in Hong Kong for distributing the photographs. And one of them was dropped, uh, his charges were dropped because the tr Obscenity Tribunal, Obscene uh, Articles Tribunal, ruled that the one picture they had seen uh, was not obscene but indecent. And so this young man, uh, 29 years old, who had uh, posted the picture, uh, was released after m several weeks in jail. In the meantime, many citizens of Hong Kong were outraged at the police activity uh, going after normal net browsers and marched on the streets and to protest the police, uh, um, police uh, overreaction to the pictures saying that they were targeting poor people, uh, working-class people, because this was a celebrity, of, uh, an actor uh, who was uh, involved with many celebrities in bed. And this wouldn't have happened except for the fact that these were celebrities. So last Thursday, uh, Edison Chen went back on um, online uh, in, he didn't go online uh, this time. He went before 200 reporters. He had flown back from uh, being in uh, U.S. where his girlfriend was and in Boston. His girlfriend was one of the people photographed uh, and whose pictures, their pictures were distributed online. And here's what he had to say online, I mean, which was posted online at this press conference and will be... Uh, I've decided we'll be getting this. Uh, um, we'll be get, getting a dispatch of that shortly. Uh, he went before this press conference uh, to try to explain what had happened and to actually apologize. Uh, 
even though it seems to me there's nothing to apologize about, because even though he did take the pictures, he was not the one that distributed them online, and the pictures were stolen from his、uh, MacBook computer, and thus it was really not his、uh, his doing. So we will be. We will be airing shortly his talk. Yeah. Today I've come back to Hong Kong to stand before you and account for myself. I've never escaped from my responsibility. During the past few weeks, I've been with my mother and my family and loved ones to show support and care, and at the same time, have them support and care for me. I admit that most of the photos being circulated on the internet were taken by me, but these photos were very private and have not been shown to people, and were never intended to be shown to anyone. These photos were stolen from me illegally and distributed without my consent. There is no doubt whoever obtained these photos. Had been uploading them on the internet with malicious and deliberate intent. This matter has deteriorated to the extent that society as a whole has been affected by this. And in this regard, I'm deeply saddened. I would like now to apologize to all the people for all the suffering that has caused, that has been caused, and the problems that have arisen from this. I would like to apologize to all the ladies and to all their families for any harm or hurt that they have been feeling. I'm sorry. I would like to also apologize to my mother and my father for the pain and the suffering that I have caused them during these past few weeks. Most importantly, I would like to say sorry to all the people of Hong Kong. I give my apologies sincerely to you all, unreservedly, and with my heart. I know young people in Hong Kong look up to many figures in our society, and in this regard, I have failed. I have failed as a role model. However, I wish that this will, this matter will teach everyone a lesson. To all the young people in our community, let this be a lesson for you all. This is not an example to be set for you. During my time away, I've made an important decision. I will wholeheartedly fulfill all commitments that I have today. But after that. I've decided to step away from the Hong Kong entertainment industry. I've decided to do this to give my myself an opportunity to heal myself and to search my soul. I will dedicate my time to charity and community work within the next few months. I will be away from Hong Kong Entertainment indefinitely. There's no time frame.
I've been assisting the police since the first day the photos were published, and I will continue to assist them. After this press con, I have obligations to help them with their investigation and hope that this case can end soon, as everyone, I think, has the same wish. I would like to use this opportunity to thank the police for their hard work on this case. Thank you. I believe everyone's priority now, my priority now, is to stop the suffering and pain. For not letting this, we do not want to let this situation become more out of control. We need to protect all the innocent and all the young for matters like this. In this regard, I have instructed my lawyers to do everything possible within the law to protect all the innocent victims of this case. I believe that a press statement is being issued as we speak on what my lawyers have advised me to do. Lastly, I would like to thank everyone for coming here today and listening to what I have to say. I would like to also apologize once again to all the ladies and their families, my family, and to everyone in Hong Kong and everyone in our society. I'm deeply saddened by this. And I apologize that everyone has had to go through this. I would like to also thank you for giving me this opportunity to say what I've wanted to say all along in my heart. I hope after today I can have your forgiveness. With regards to this case, with everything, everything that has happened, I'm deeply sorry. I hope you all will accept my apology and give me a chance. So that was uh, Hong Kong actor, youth actor, and uh, hip-hop uh, artist, and also entrepreneur, um, clothing and design entrepreneur, shoes, and etc. Um, Edison Chen, uh, going public on Thursday, uh, making a public apology. Uh, actually, I don't think he has to apologize. Uh, I was wrenching to watch him in agony and also saying he had to protect children uh, from what he did. Uh, he didn't do anything wrong. He took pictures of his friends. They, they were agreeable. Uh, the women he took pictures of, the celebrity starlets, about six of them, uh, were all looking at the camera. They knew it was there. He was looking at the camera. Uh, sometimes uh, he was being photographed also. 
uh, often he was the uh, photographer, and this was not like a Rob Lowe shot that was grainy and kind of dark, and these were all kind of digitally very, uh, very uh, superior photos, and uh, they showed uh, people enjoying sex. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, the only thing that's wrong is that somebody in the computer store or their friends um, later got hold of these and spread them around without permission. So that's what he was alluding to in his uh, so-called apology, that um, he, his lawyers would be pursuing uh, certain avenues, including that of copyright violation, since he hold, held the cop, he holds the copyright on these thirteen hundred photos of about three hundred and fifty of them, or three hundred some photos uh, showing him in bed um, with one or more of these one of these um, starlets, uh, up to six of them. He holds the copyright, so he's trying to claim copyright violation for posting it online. So Foucault suggested that it's good to talk about sex because it unleashes repressed, repressed desires and gets it all out in the open. Um, the CNN dispatch on this uh, incident, on this saga, started off by saying that Sex scandals are career boosts in the West, but not in Hong Kong. But is that really true? It seems like now it looks bad for Edison Chen, but could he really make a comeback? He said he's going to stay away from the entertainment industry uh, for a while and do charity work. <laughs> but uh, is he going to be able to come back. And I think he will. I think this is a talented individual who has uh, lots of ideas and he is just a modern man. Uh, the conservative forces in Hong Kong um, don't like that. And of course, uh, uh, all in tithers over this whole incident and want more law enforcement crackdown on Internet pornography. But what Edison displayed uh, took were positive pictures that um, celebrated sexuality. And in, unlike the, lots of the images that are online that are commercially produced, and so I see he definitely does have a career in the erotic industry, but I'm sure he does not want to do that. Um, he could uh, come to U.S. and do Hollywood films, as he was about to do, uh, and he was in uh, the films that were made uh, in Hong Kong. Uh, there were popular films, uh, um like uh, police, the, all these police stories and all these uh, kind of gangster stories, um, fighting gangsters. Uh, and so I think uh, it's hopeful, I think. I think it actually is hopeful that this talented young man will be able to survive this uh, controversy. Uh, 
it seems like the women that were in the photographs, some of them have continued uh, to... Uh, 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 one of them, especially Cecilia Chung, who is one of the pair of uh, called the twins, uh, she made a public uh, appearance saying she was naive and silly when these pictures were taken, and the crowd cheered her, even though there's been there have been a lot of complaints uh, while she was doing charity work last week, uh, raising funds for the snowstorm victims in China. Um, but that's part of democracy, that we can't get everybody to agree on everything, and there's a debate. And so if you're strong enough, you can face the debaters. Um, there are right-wing forces in Hong Kong, of course, that are very anti-gay, anti-sex, and um, will do everything to try to shut you down. Uh, but there are other forces that are opening up. Young people know that it is hypo hypocritical for the media to complain about these pictures when they are the ones that are splashing it all over the pages of their tabloids to try to sell tabloids and magazines. Um, they sound like holier than thou, but all they want is really to make money. So they don't really care about morality. Uh, they're the ones that are cultivating this celebrity kind of uh, obsession that p some people think young people in Hong Kong have. Um, it's the media, it's the mass media that's guilty of that. And yet they are now claiming that, oh, Edison did a terrible thing uh, taking these pictures. Well, if it went for these pictures or they're being leaked, you wouldn't be able to sell as many magazines or tabloids. One of the earlier observers of this scene uh, before this whole scandal broke was Jeff Chang. And he wrote in the San Francisco Chronicle back in October 11, 2006, a very extraordinary article uh, featuring, uh, focusing on Edison. And the title was Movies, Hip-Hop, Fashion Designer, Edison Chen is an impresario for a new Pacific Rim. So that's how Edison was seen here in America by this historian of the hip-hop movement, Jeff Chang. His, his views of uh, Edison, I don't know if it remains the same, but this guy, Edison, has done a lot to advance interracial relations in Hong Kong, uh, inter-ethnic relations, as well as uh, overseas Chinese relations. He's even turned down films in Hollywood where he was asked to play stereotypical Chinaman uh, portrayals, so-called Chinaman portrayals. Um, so he was, uh, he's probably the best known for being in Inferno Affairs, the trilogy. Uh, he was uh, tapped to play Andy Lau's uh, younger self in the acclaimed trilogy, uh, which was then picked up and uh, copied and made uh, 
in by Hollywood. So the inferno, inferno, inferno affairs, not internal affairs, inferno affairs. Uh, two was where Edison became well known. Um, so that's the saga of this um, Canadian American, Canadian Chinese. Sorry, not American. Canadian Chinese. Uh, uh, hip hop rapper and uh, actor who now has to go into seclusion maybe for a few more months and although he claimed he's going to fulfill his existing commitments and do uh, and then do charity work it's something we can continue to look at on this show um, even from stateside so today we've been talking sex with Dan Zhang. This is Dan Zhang signing off for Subversity here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. The opinions expressed on the show are not necessarily those of the regents of the University of California nor the management of KUCI.